Aficionados, think I, I think I said that right. And if I didn't, that's the new way to say it. Chris here with Fancy Plants Podcast. And as always, here with Sue and Amanda. How was your week, ladies? It was good. It was good. We were gone for most of it, actually. <laughs> we were gone last week. But yeah, it was good. It was a good week. Had a vacation? We sort of. We had a memorial, so we kind of rolled in a little bit of a vacation along with it. Got a little plant shopping in. Well, that's that's always a bonus. And sorry to hear about your circumstances, but it is nice to go out and see new places. And it sounded like everything went really well and everyone was able to say goodbyes. And it was, you know, a, a beautiful thing. And it was absolutely beautiful for what it is. Um, yeah. And then we just turned it into a little trip, stopped at a couple of plant stores, got to see some beautiful plants. Too bad I didn't have room for the big ones because they definitely had huge, big plants. That happens. That does. really does happen does happen. How's your week, Amanda? My week has been incredibly busy. I'm trying to wrap up the semester with school so I can actually enjoy the rest of my summer. I'm, I'm done being in school in the summer. It's, it's not the best time of the year to do that, but it's got to get done. I also went away. I got to go to the Okanagan and I came back with a very fabulous sunburn and two cases of wine, which should get me through the summer. <laughs> get you through the summer or get you through the sunburn? Well, they're actually not here yet. A friend of mine very graciously offered to bring them back for me because I was flying. And so she's mentioned to me before I left, she said, you know, Chris, if you have stuff to bring back, just leave it at our mutual friend's house and she's going to bring it home for me. So I thought that was super cool. It was actually the very last day that I was there. I got the sunburn. It was a spectacular day on the lake. And I now am unable to wear certain undergarments because of it, but it was totally worth it. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it. Been there, done that. Yeah. yeah, we brought back some Alberta made mead. I always bring Ooh. back a sunburn. It's good dark and skin blotches. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda's making a gesture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did also get a new plant while I was there, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, first of all, again, thanks so much for all the support. We love your messages and answering your questions. We've gotten quite a few folks reaching out to us, asking us all sorts of good things. And if you also would like to ask us any questions, you can reach out to us on social media and online. And we'll share that information with you at the end of the episode because we want you to listen all the way through. No, no fast forwarding. OK. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about some new plants. We've all we're always getting new plants, especially at this time of year. So, Amanda, why don't you tell us about your latest acquisition? I am actually waiting on plant mail. Uh, I may have uh, tripped and fell and ordered an agave this week. Is it your white rhino? No. No? No, I didn't order white rhino. Uh, I, instead, I ordered black widow. Oh, so like the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So when does that arrive for you? Uh, I'm hoping it'll be in the mailbox today when I get home. Oh, I'm nice. hoping. If not, it'll be Monday. Okay, well, it's not too bad. You don't have too much time to wait. No, it, it'll be good. And agaves ship really well. Yes. So Because even they're kind of evil. And if, even if it's still sitting there, it's not like it's going to dehydrate really quickly. 
So it's fine. Nice. Yeah, nice. it'll be good. Sue, what do you got on the that's got, new on the roster? I got lots of new plants. Um, we went to a big plant store, and it was huge and it was beautiful. And my husband picked out plants. A lot of the plants that were travel size were ones that I already have or just didn't interest me. So I let him pick out. He picked out some funky kind of shark tooth looking aloe that was big, pretty decent size. He picked out the most hated plant in the world. Oh, no. Did you get a croton? Oh, <laughs> yeah. He wah, picked wah. out a croton. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, it's so colorful and pretty. And I'm like, it looks diseased. And they're spider mite carriers. And he's like, but it's so beautiful. Those are the plants I like. So I let him come home with it because really I just had to relish in the glory that my husband was having fun picking out plants. Yeah, He absolutely. picked out, um, I can't even remember. He picked out a really nice um, Crimson Queen. I already have one, but it was this one was like has much more variegation on it than mine. Like it's almost all variegation. So I let him pick it out. I can always combine the two of them together and they'll look great. The Croton's kind of quarantined to its own area. <laughs> quarantine is good. It'll mm-hmm. be in quarantine for life. I think we should just call that the prison plant from now on. Sorry, yeah. Amanda. I know you don't like to come up with names for things. Oh no, but... I'm okay with that. I it's a yeah. croton. I I I can live with that. They're beautiful and no, they are. They are They're, beautiful. They are beautiful. They are beautiful. The colors are nice and bright. I I don't actually need to own one, and I'm no. glad it was you and not me. Uh, but uh, it's uh, come on, you ladies would cave if your husband really wanted. I would. It. You would. I, I can't say I would. Maybe he could have a garage plant. <laughs> Actually, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> Is your garage, garage heated? Plant. Uh, yeah, but didn't just throw a light on it. You know, yeah, it's fine. It's the garage plant. It's a garage plant. I will give it that it looks good against the newly painted kitchen wall. It it does look really good against that paint. The colors in it. So I'll give it that. But yeah, it's kind of in its own little area. Nothing. No plants around it. And um, Amanda, when I told her that, sent her a picture of what was picked out, <laughs> said I had to name that plant myself. Because we had that little name, give the plant, name a plant after you. So you talk to it, talk to yourself a little bit better. Um, I'm struggling with that one. <laughs> I'm struggling. <laughs> could, could we say that the croton is um, a good staging plant for selling the house? And could it possibly suffer a tragic end in the move? Oh, he you know, listens to this, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he listens. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure I can slip some baking goods or something to the movers. I'm sensing like... an option, too, for this plant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He'll come home and I'll have it hanging by a noose in the middle of the kitchen or something. <laughs> Especially if it gets bugs. It's clean. I sprayed it. I was really super careful when I got brought it home. And I sprayed it with some Dr. Doom stuff all over. And let it sit there and soak in that. <laughs> and I did thoroughly check it over when we were picking, when I was helping him pick one, because I wanted to make sure that he didn't pick one with anything. I also got a really nice burrow's tail. I already have one, and it's quite long, but it's like, it's not barren skinny, but it, the leaves, I guess you would call them, are quite tiny. Compared to this one, they're big, and they're fat, and they're round, and I really liked it, so... I brought it home so it can get skinny with me. My my burrow's <laughs> tail had an incident with the shelf that it was on. They got into a fight. Now I have one branch that's completely bare for about four inches. Oh, yeah, that happens. Yeah. yeah. And then you try to propagate 
a burrow's tail and it takes about a thousand years. Yeah, sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. And, unless one falls into another plant, then one day you're like, what is this growing? It? Oh, there you are. Surprise. Surprise. Yeah. I really, I really like burrow's tails and I want a big, thick, full, mm-hmm. heavy one. And I have one in the side that is against the window is bare. Like it just, they all fell off, died. But the side that's away from the window is really long. It's growing well. But like I said, it's skinny. This one was nice and big and fat. And I hope it stays that way. But chances are <laughs> it's something I'm doing and it's making them skinny. Well, talking about buying plants that you already have, I actually did the same thing. I bought another Adansanii when I was in Vernon. And the reason why I bought it is the fenestrations on it are totally mind-blowing. Um, I've never seen one for sale quite like that. So for you listeners out there, we I will post a picture for you. And I was just completely blown away by by this plant. And so the one that I have now has about three leaves and a 27-foot-long vine that has one leaf on it. And I wish I was joking because I'm not. It's just like, I don't know. It just will, that plant will not grow for me. So I have some hope held out for this new one. <laughs> and I also managed to score a philodendron Birkin. Birkin. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, and I think one, someone else in this room has one of those as well. I do. <laughs> I love it. It's little pinstripes are so pretty. I really love it. Um, yeah. I also got a new Hoya. Ooh, tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, one of my friends in the plant group, I got a Hoya Meredithii, and if I hopefully I said that right, and it's beautiful. Its leaves are bigger than my hand, for sure, and it's actually, she offered it to me um, because my son was looking for, he wanted a Hoya that's all colored um, or veiny. And so she she was getting rid of that one. So she asked if I wanted it. So technically, it's kind of my son's. But I'm going to claim it. <laughs> I'm going to claim it for a while because, yeah, I well, don't like want fo- it to go A foster plant. Yeah, I'll foster it. Or maybe I'll let him foster it. Whatever the, okay, here's what you have to do. Choose your outcome and then choose who fosters. So if mm. you want to keep that plant, he gets to foster first. Yeah. I think that's the way it should work. I think for so. For plants. For plants. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it'll go spe- specifically mm, for plants. Here. Yeah. It'll, it'll have to go by the east window, so it won't go in his room, but he can be in charge of taking care of it. But he likes that. He likes to read about it and he likes to do it. And so I'll, I'll let him or I'll give him my um, Callistophilia. Oh, so pretty. Mm-hmm. I love the leaves on them. We've had a lot of our listeners asking about beginner plants. Um, so what kind of plants should I get? What do I need to think about? Um, and we're going to answer some of those questions and tell you what we think are good beginner plants. But you know what? I w- actually want to ask you guys, I think I remember Amanda's answer, but what was the first plant you remember getting? The first plant I remember getting was a wandering Jew. You know what? Same, same seeds for me. Totally. Mine was an African violet. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had a wandering Jew first and um, we inched it. Like my mom told me how you take an inch off of it and put it in the soil and it grows. And mine grew huge. And it was like all along, I had a little fake fireplace and it was all along, touched the sides down on the floor on both sides. It was huge. Nice. Mm-hmm. 
I think I was probably 10 or 12 when I got that African violet. And that was just, it's been a slippery slope since then. Ooh. 10 or 12. Nice. Yeah. I've been I, collecting plants for a very long time. Yeah. Actually, I had a cactus when I was about eight or nine. So it was one of those ones with the red ball on top that mm. are grafted together mm-hmm. and they do nothing. <laughs> yeah. I've, I had a few of those until all of a sudden you came home one day and it was all mushy and collapsed yeah. and because the, the graft didn't take. Yeah. I think mine was a wandering Jew too, but, but I found that it got really long and stringy because I don't think I was giving it enough light. There's a few things with wandering Jews. Yeah. Light helps keep them nice and compact and giving them regular haircuts, pinching off your tips, like Sue mentioned, and rerooting them back into the pot. It's going to help to keep it bushy and maintain it. They're not a plant that naturally looks amazing for a long period of time. They mm-hmm. need maintenance. Ah, uh, that'd be why I am not a pincher. <laughs> you guys know I'm afraid to. I did take a clipping of a plant the other day, though. And Ooh. you survived? I survived, and now we'll see if the plant survives. It was actually the Adansanii uh, that I just purchased. My friend really fell in love with it, so I gave her a clipping of it. I'm really Excellent. proud of you. Yeah. So That's a big first step. Right? So she's rooting it now uh, in Kelowna. Uh, so I'm going to ask her how it's going, and then maybe yeah. she'll you know, she'll plant it, and it'll be a big, beautiful plant for I'm, her one day. I'm really proud you, proud you went on that adventure. Thank you. It actually took me, you know, I was like, eh, kind of sweating. The one bead of sweat dripping down my face. <laughs> yeah. Which wire do I cut? But yeah, I know it was, uh, I think it'll be great. Okay. Uh, so beginner plants. And I think there's a lot of good questions about this. We see a lot of questions about, you know, first of all, I think we should answer the question. Can I put a plant in my bathroom with no windows? And what is the answer to that? No. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> The kind that you can buy that you don't have to water, you don't have to do anything, and they're actually plastic. Those work. There, There is a less than ideal plan B that people can go. If you are dead set on having a live plant in your bathroom with no windows, get yourself a couple of little snake plants and trade them out each week. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, this week it is plant number one. And then take it back out, put it somewhere with light where it can grow properly, and then switch them back in. You can do the same thing with ferns as well, but ferns are not a beginner plant. No. <laughs> They're quite choosy about humidity, are they not? Ferns are quite choosy about everything. everything? Say, yeah. <laughs> you don't even look at the fern wrong or it'll drop those leaves. Well, and you know what? Some people are... Ferns are their jam and they grow the most amazing ferns. They're Boston ferns the size of your dinner table. I am not that person. I don't think I'm that person either. I think those persons are very rare, few and far between. I do have a heartleaf fern that I've been keeping alive now for, oh, it's probably about six months old, but it's in one of my tanks. So, so we have Sansevieria or snake plants as a yes, good beginner plant. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have ferns as a no, not a good beginner plant so far. No, I would say, I would say if you want to try it, I mean, who knows? I'm sure we all have those plants that people think are difficult that each and every one of us are, um, you know, have our talents with. But I would say in general, yeah, a fern, a Boston fern, they're beautiful. They require a lot of moisture. They require a lot of, a lot of love, but not too much. And they're, they're hard. Just like me. Yeah. I, I will say I will say this about uh, beginner plants. 
If you've never had a plant in your life, you've been eyeing up plants for a while, whether we say it is a good beginner plant or a terrible beginner plant, it doesn't matter. I know a lot of people who will jump off the train and they've only ever owned orchids. And the fact of the matter is, if you absolutely are in love with a plant, take a shot on it. Yes, you're going to kill stuff. But just because somebody else says it's not a beginner plant, who cares? Take it home. Take home only one (laughs) because it's a slippery slope. But take it home. Do your research. Have your learning curve. Go for it. And if you don't want to do that, we have a list of plants that are much easier. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely some that are probably more in general easier than others. But I mean, I kill spider plants and they're considered a beginner plant. Yeah. And I would full heartedly recommend them for beginners as well because they forgive a lot of stuff. Yeah. Just apparently not my house. Yeah. Not my house either. Well, I have I have one growing okay right now. But well, you know, we were talking about Sansevieria and kind of not that they're related necessarily, I guess I suppose they're both plants, but ZZ plants as well, as being a couple of plants that are pretty easy to grow and to maintain. Absolutely. I- they're they're forgiving. And they are great for low light. They'll put up with more light as well, just in case you accidentally put it in a high light situation. They're incredibly forgiving. They're great beginner plants. But they're not exactly rewarding. They're slow growers. And it, it can be a little bit discouraging. You've had a plant at home for a year and it's you're doing everything right. It's green. It's not dying. But they may not also be growing as well. Well, and I think the biggest trick with them is a lot of people, when they get a plant, they want something to take care of and love and they want to water it. And it's pretty Mm -hmm. disappointing when you only have to water something once a month. And uh, so a lot of people are like, but I watered it last week and it's been like, it's been eight days. I better water it. And so they are a little prone to being overwatered. If you are, you know, you kind of have to decide, are you a waterer or are you a let it dry? (laughs) And and figure out where you sit in that, because that's a lot of things with the new plant, new plant people when they want to take care of a plant is they want to love it and they want to water it every day, every day. It's their new baby. Yeah. Maybe we should then reconsider our statement on ferns. Yeah. And if you are a waterer, a fern might be a good job for you, (laughs) a good one for you to have. Um, I have killed a snake plant. I killed one. Two weeks ago. Yes, 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 I did. did. Incredibly, yeah. I had actually a very large snake plant in a very large pot. The pot was probably, I don't know, 14 inches, 16 inches. It was a big boy. And I took it to work because I thought I could put it in my windowless boardroom and that the fluorescent lights would be enough to keep this giant plant alive. But no, I slowly watched it wither away. And I'm talking like over a period of month. And I just kept thinking like, you know, maybe it'll come back. And it never did. Also, it was really heavy. And I didn't want to ask the boys to move it because I felt kind of bad. And so, yeah, it's, I, I did that. It happens. <laughs> it does. It definitely does. Uh, another nice, easy, I think that a rewarding plant would be pothos, especially golden marble queen. Absolutely. Uh, they're so beautiful. And, and they grow. They, they grow. And they, they grow visibly. And it's, it, they're an easy grower as well. You see that new little leaf come out and you're like, oh, it's so cute. And then it opens and you're kind of like, what color will it be? And yeah, to me, that one is very exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, I love, I love pothos. 
and philodendrons because they are rewarding. They grow nice and big quite quickly. They're they're great. And now you guys might argue with me on this one, but I actually think African violets are a good beginner plant. They don't take up a lot of space. They're pretty forgiving of light. You do a little bit of Googling, find out that they don't like to be watered from the top, and you are good to go. And that's because the you can't get water on the leaves. Is that right? Or you, is that something that I've just heard? You can get water on the leaves so long as it's not cold water. They're, they're pretty forgiving. They don't like to have their leaves stay wet. And because they have a fuzzy leaf, it's if you get it wet, it stays wet. As a beginner, I would say water from the bottom. Put a saucer underneath it. Let it soak up what it needs. Toss the rest. You're good to go. I think we talked about this once already. They call that butt chugging. Butt chugging. <laughs> yeah, butt chugging. <laughs> but African violets are so cool because no two are alike. Yeah. And there's so many varieties. And yeah, so, there's a rabbit hole there, isn't there? There is. And there, there is actually several societies that are African violets. Like there's an African violet society in Edmonton. There's an Alberta. Like there's one in every province. They are, it's a rabbit hole. And some of them, you can get variegated leaves and different colored flowers. And I might have a few variegated ones at home. Oh, in her hidden plant room. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the, plant, the plantic room instead of panic room. I just made that up. That's, that's fine. I'm okay it's, with that. It's kind of terrible, but I'm going to go. And you get the ones with like the flat flowers or the ruffly flowers. And, and trailing ones yeah. and non-trailing and single blooms and doubled blooms and blooms that have two different colors in them. Some that have speckles, some that have stripes. So yes. nice variations, easy to love. Absolutely. And beautiful little plant. Yeah. I'd like to add one in because it's yeah, one of my favorites. Cactus. Cactus. If you have light, you can grow cactus. And if you're one of those people who's like, I don't know if I'm going to be really a waterer, cactus. They're... Because they'll tell you when they need water. Yeah. Like a lot of times they start to kind of get look wrinkly and dry and kind of kind of start to cave in on itself too much. If they don't get enough light, they get stretched and, and kind of a limey colored green on that area. And it gets quite thin. Um, they are maybe slower growers. But, I mean, there's so many out there. And I, I just feel that they're easy. And if you can get them to flower, Ugh. that's a reward in itself. It's my favorite thing. Super highlight, though. You need lots of light for those guys. Yeah. South window. Perfect. Yeah. Grow light if you're really into it. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I do a little bit of both. I have some in the window and some some under lights. So just jumping back to what you mentioned about, you know, the plant kind of stretching itself out with, with less light. Atoliation is a problem for cactus and for succulents. So succulents generally, most varieties are very compact and they have kind of like almost a a rose-like look to them. But if your succulent or your cactus is growing big and long and tall and there's room between the needles and the the um, leaves, then it's definitely needing more light. Absolutely. Yeah, you succulents, like I always find I struggle with them in the wintertime. I really do. In the house. Outside, when I can put them outside, they're great. But I mean, they're cheap enough. You can put them outside and then get new ones the next year if you want. But I've tried to save them, and that's what happens. Even under grow lights, I find that they stretch. I'm always afraid to bring outside plants back inside in the summer, in, at, in the winter. That's always a concern of mine as well. And the other thing that um, 
when you bring an outdoor plant indoors, it is very difficult to replicate sunlight. Yeah. So a plant that's been outdoors and it's gotten accustomed to natural sunlight will struggle when you bring it indoors. Yeah. And that's what I mean. They're cheap enough this year. I was like, let's get a one. Well, and that's just like, don't check the thing outside when it's summer solstice because it's just too much light for it then at that point. Yeah. It, it, nobody likes drastic changes. It's like hiding out in a basement for three weeks and then all of a sudden going out on a plus 40 day. It's not going to be fun. That's how I got the sunburn friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so people were just like plants. Uh, I really, we also talked about a jade plant being a nice, easy beginner plant. Yeah. Um, I think that they're really beautiful. You can get some older ones that are just mind-blowing. I know one of the local greenhouses here a couple of years ago had some jade plants that were, what were they, 40, 50 years old, something like that? Yeah, the the big ones there, they were probably four feet tall and just beautifully branched and bonsai and they were incredible. Yeah, I'm not going to lie though, I really don't have an opinion on jade. I don't like them. I think if you like were to work with it and you could kind of bonsai it a little bit, that makes it interesting. Uh, but I do think it's a set it and forget it plant for sure. Yeah, that it is. Yeah, I was gonna say it's an easily overwatered one. Um, the bigger they are, the better they look, and you can't oh, yeah. really f- find them at reasonable prices. You can find them reasonable prices small, but to find a big one where the stems are getting kind of woody, they're usually not as reasonably priced whatsoever. But they, the bigger they're a plant, the bigger they get, the better they are. The older they're, they're like fine wine. Absolutely. They get more, better with age. I have to say, I think one of the plants that I think is an absolutely fantastic beginner plant, and not even a plant that I particularly love, are peace lilies. Mm. They grow fast. They are incredibly dramatic. They will tell you. The second that they need water, they will flatten right out and they are forgiving enough that you can take a flat piece lily, soak it in your kitchen sink, give it water and it will perk right back up. You might have some brown tips on the leaves, but that's it. They grow fast. They're forgiving. Wonderful little They can be quite big. Like they, They can get huge and they can be quite pretty. My mom had one, but for some reason, sorry, mom, she kept it beside the fireplace and then that had fires so every time I would go over <laughs> this poor piece lily was just a little more burnt every time and I said mom you know you can move that right like the fire is not good for your piece lily and she was like well whatever I don't think that piece a little lily bit is singed alive. on one side yeah. <laughs> pretty sure that plant's long gone and they get a really interesting bloom kind of reminds me of almost like a calla lily with like some kind of water lily plant that kind of gets like the I call it a cob because it looks like a corn on the cob in the middle oh that's what you were saying was cob that is not what i heard over here (laughs) (laughs) i think a really popular little plant that people like to pick up that is easy and looks cute is bamboo the the lucky bamboo that you just put in water absolutely that is a great plant it's low maintenance i've seen people have that in their bathroom i don't know exactly how long but it's been a while um, that they've had that in their bathroom with no natural light. It's forgiving. Yeah. It's very forgiving. That's why it's when called it, Lucky Bamboo. And when it's, it's angry, it tells you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you can make lots of nice arrangements with, arrangements with it, too. And I've seen people even like put um, their bamboo in, in their beta tanks. And there's just all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff you can do with it. 
and it adds kind of a nice international flair to your living space. Absolutely. It's very exotic looking, mm-hmm. which makes it really quite fun. Probably can't build anything out of it, though. No, it's actually a member of the Dracina family. Oh, yeah. is it really? It's, yeah, it's not even actually bamboo. Well, look at me learning things. <laughs> Talk, talking about Dracinas, I also think those are great beginner plants. They are, absolutely. We have a beautiful specimen here with us today. Uh, it's a big kiwi. And uh, I just, my mom always had the other name for a dragon tree. Mm-hmm. She always had dragon trees. And so when I saw this particular one for sale, I had to have it because it's a different color than the ones I've seen in the past. And I'm seeing more and more of these kiwis coming out where they have a much, they have a beautiful light green um, in the center of the leaf and then a very nice dark margin on the outside. And uh, the contrast is beautiful. And it just, it just really likes to grow. Yours is all beautiful and shiny hanging out down here with us. Might always end up all dusty because I've stuffed them in a corner somewhere and forgotten <laughs> about them for six months. And they, this one looks like Cousin It. Yeah, I just want to put sunglasses on them and a little hat. Oh, that's a, I'm gonna, that's a great idea for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to put a hat on him. He's very beautiful. But those are great beginner plants, too. They're, they're quite forgiving. They don't need a lot of attention and they don't need a lot of light. But if you did give them a lot of attention and a lot of light, they're usually still pretty happy. So, and they're, they tend to lose their lower leaves, which gives it more of a tree-like look as it grows taller. This one hasn't been dropping its lower leaves. So it is quite a bit fuller than other ones that I've seen. But I'm sure like most other dragon trees, it'll kind of, as it grows taller, it will get that more tree-like look. And I do find that if you don't water them and it's mad at you, that's when those leaves start coming off. Hey, I find they remind me of Dr. Seuss trees. I was just going to say that. Oh, oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Hold, yeah. First rate, Dr. Seuss trees. Yeah. Especially when they, we have two or three in a pot and they kind of twist and the stems kind of twist and wiggle around. Mm-hmm. And then the top has this big pom-pom on it. They're totally Dr. Seuss. Like from the Lorax. I find that the larger ones of these, and actually probably for beginners, you probably don't want to have like a two-inch pot. You probably want to have a plant that has been around for a while. It's established. It's going to keep growing. I think we were talking a little bit about that as well, is the size of plant kind of matters when you're, when you're new. Yeah, I find even now, like those little, you can be at the store and you I mean, Amanda gave me this little owl pot. It's the cutest, but I have the hardest time keeping something alive in there other than an air plant. Yeah, I think it was an inch and a half pot, the opening on it. And yeah. It's difficult to regulate water. Um, they dry out very quickly. Very. And it's, um, it's harder to catch in time. They're not as forgiving. And I feel when you buy them in the store, they're not as root. Like their root isn't as... Um, stabilized as if you got like a four inch pot and so it is probably a little more delicate at that point then too so I think a bigger plant is a little bit easier than some of the tiny little ones I I have a bone to pick actually with grocery store plants because we all walk through it and when you're a beginner you're in the grocery store and it's like this plant is absolutely beautiful and unfortunately, some of the selection that they have are fast growers, but not easy plants. You know, they'll have a beautiful tray of these polka dot plants and they're pink and red and white and they're gorgeous. They are the most fickle thing you will ever meet. Yeah. And right beside them will be a tray of maidenhair ferns. 
next to the tray of beautiful, shiny coffee plants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm interested. Who has had a coffee plant for over a year? I did actually did? have one that I managed to keep alive for about five years. Oh. It uh, lived underneath a plastic dome. It would have uh, to. Absolutely. They require such high humidity and they are so dramatic. It was the ugliest plant I've ever owned, uh, which was fine because it lived under a plastic dome. So you couldn't really see it. Yeah. But they are not. They're not easy. No. And, and really, if it's going to live under a plastic dome and it's nothing special, then what is it's kind of a waste of a, of a space for your in your plant collection. It's right? just not that fun. It may have accidentally gotten a little too cold one day when I might have set it outside of a door because I was angry at it. It got option two'd. Yeah, it did. It got option two'd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some of those plants at the grocery stores which are nice. And I mean, they're cheap enough if, go ahead, give it a whirl. Absolutely. Give but it a shot. A lot of people are disappointed because, but it's just they're finicky plants. Finicky plants. I've never had one. But I will tell you what I do have. Two more plant friends here that I didn't introduce in the beginning. I was wondering when you were yeah. going to get yeah. to them. Well, They're kinda, looking a little sad about it. I Well, I kind of wanted to get to this part of the show because they are really great beginner plants. Yes. Absolutely, they are. Uh, so we talked a little bit about, about pothos. And so I do have a mandula pothos here that was rooted in water. And I've just recently planted it in growing medium. So two of the world's tiniest leaves are growing off of that, which is... I'm going to call that a success. Uh, also, another really, really great beginner plant that is beautiful. Uh, it grows fast. The leaves are super cool because they start out this really cool brown color, which sounds weird. And they develop into a, just such a beautiful green. And that is a, um, a Hoya pubicalix. This one that I have down here is a mystery one. I got it in some sort of mystery pack a few years ago. It hasn't flowered yet, so I don't know what it will actually be until I see those flowers, but it really does enjoy growing. So um, looking forward to seeing what that is. But I have another uh, Hoya pubicalix that flowers constantly. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, and it's so beautiful and it just grows and grows. And it's one of my favorite plants. It was probably one of the first Hoya I ever had. And it, does ne it never fails to uh, bring me joy because even though it's more of a common plant and it is a fast grower, I think that that means that more people have it, but I don't think it brings anyone any less joy than any of the um, more rare Hoya because it's oh, just... Oh, absolutely. And they're oh, so forgiving and so rewarding. I absolutely love them. Them and the um, Cornosa, totally beginner yes. plants. And so many people have these in their houses. And I know a lot of people, if they're not huge into like plants, um, but they have them. They probably got them from like their mom or their aunt or their grandma, clippings of them. And so they're pretty cool because they're they've been passed around a lot. They they're very forgiving. They're awesome if they bloom, and if they don't, they're still beautiful. And there's a few different varieties within each of those, um, in the pubicalyx and the the cornosa. So they're great beginner plants. And they're climbers or trailers, and you Absolutely. can clip them, and you can make big full plants out of them. You can share them, which I know you were saying like some of these plants you see online are generational. Which is super cool. Like, so cool. Yeah. Most people have probably seen one growing in their grandma's house and it was just their grandmother's wax plant. Yep. And that's what they were called. And it was a huge green thing that she never even looked at. And yep. just beautiful. Yeah. And then it would flower and oh yeah. The yeah. sap would, or the 
nectar would drip everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I think they're, and I think they're great beginner plants. And really reasonably priced too. Oh yeah. Right? Typically, yeah. Yeah, uh, a carnosa or that is just, you can pick one up for $10 usually. Yeah, the price where, has gone up, but yeah, they're about $10. Where I've seen them kind of go for more is when someone's selling them on a on a selling platform like Facebook or Kijiji, and they've had it for 40 years, or maybe it was passed down to them, and it's quite huge. And yeah, they're more expensive, but they're, I mean, you're selling a little history with it too, so I think that's kind of awesome. For beginner plants, there's probably folks out there who are thinking, okay, I kind of want to start getting into plants. I'm not really sure what I'm doing. So what are some things that people should think about when they're purchasing their first plant? And so I'm thinking they're going to want to maybe have a place to put it. And what are the conditions of that place? Maybe what are some surprises that people don't know might happen to them if they get a new plant? I think we're talking about things like drafts uh, is something. Uh, And then what kind of waterer are they? (laughs) <laughs> that's a big one yeah, yeah like are are you planning on loving this plant every single day um because that can make a, a huge choice on what you get if you think that you're going to be watering all the time you know you don't want a cactus or a succulent no if you're like me i play russian roulette with all of my hanging baskets i have three hanging plants right now we're playing with fire actually i lied i have four but only three of them ever get watered at once if you're going to be that kind of water, you know, a succulent might be your cup of tea. And, you know, for watering, because I like watering, I just do it randomly and I water things every day. Every day. Oh, I, I can't water randomly. Water it makes me things. twitchy. But you have to have a lot of plants to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do. I, I have things that I water every day. I check on my plants and I water something every day. But I, well, I think you want to think about things like, do you want to hang that plant somewhere? Yeah. Which way do your windows face? Do you leave your curtains open all the time? Do you want that plant to sit on a table? Do you want it to trail around? And think about if you look at a space in your house. So let's let's just have a hypothetical. Let's say I want to have a plant in my bedroom and my window, and this is actually a real life situation, my window faces east. I only open the curtains after getting out of bed and... um. The question then is, what are what is a good plant for a room like that? Maybe I want to have it on the floor beside the television stand, and it is about 12 feet away from the window. I would suggest if you wanted it to have it on the floor, something like a Dracaena, a yucca tree. Um, Sansevieria. Sansevieria. Something like that is what my first go-to would be. It, it's hard to say, too, if you want it on the floor, like, do you want it tall or did you want it kind of bushy? Because I know where a beautiful croton is. <laughs> <laughs> or like, and do you have a plant stand for it? Like how, where do you want these things to be? Maybe I want a hanging plant in there. Well, how do I actually hang it? Do I need a hook from the ceiling? Do I need to have one of those? Like we actually in my office have, uh, I've talked about it before, but the macrame um, hanger that my mom made, we went and got like an outdoor hook like a plant hook that you would normally put on a fence yeah and it sticks out about 15 inches and then you know we yeah. hung it from there so that's another thing i have those in my plant room yeah absolutely. yeah they work great i have things hung in all different kinds of ways i would really like to get my hands on an old ladder oh to, yeah to hang plants on yeah 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 that's cool yeah. that would be pretty yeah i uh always used my mom always had me 
a helper put in the toggle bolts in the ceiling. Yes. That, with a little butterfly thing the, that opens up. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So that way it doesn't pull the drywall out of your ceiling. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember those fondly. We had one in my old house, but what happens what, in this new house that we're in, the ceilings are flat. There's nothing on them at all. So I'm a little worried about putting hooks in that ceiling because I feel like... It'd be harder to cover up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. the old popcorn ceilings hid that hole really well <laughs> if you happen to take that hook out. Yeah, just like a little spackling or even toothpaste. Yep. It would work. Yeah, I don't think that would work for this. Ceiling. Well, and it depends. <laughs> Do you rent? If you rent, you might not want to be putting um, hooks and stuff in places. And so I've seen people use tension rods and then they can get the ones... Mm. I've seen people use things like um, the closet racks, you know, they're uh, on wheels and it's like you hang your clothes oh, on yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they'll put yep. that in front of the window and they'll hang from there. So there's so many options. That's actually a really clever idea. I think it is. I think if you just are starting out and you have a little hanging plant, something that's not going to weigh a whole lot, maybe it's a four inch pothos in a hanging plant or something like that. A lot of times your curtain rod will be strong enough to support mm. something that small. You have to watch, though, once it gets big, you don't want that yeah. hanging there. Yeah, I've seen a couple of people use the tension rods like you would in the shower mm -hmm. and use those in between the windowsill, oh, like yeah, on okay. the inside, yep. and then hang plants from. Personally, I'd be a little bit scared that that would fall, but I've seen them do that. And I've also seen them where they put them in and then they put the plant, set them on it, like little cactuses in the window on the tension rod. Oh, yeah, okay. So, which I think is not a bad idea. So if you're looking at non-destructive ways to have plants in your home, that's a couple of suggestions that you can that you yeah. can do. Or you can always have a plant shelf and you put somewhere strategically. You can have things in the corner. Um, and it just depends on what the, the climate is in that room. So, for example, we were talking about vents. Yeah, I will make a suggestion. Uh, anything that you have that has a thin leaf, uh, pothos, ivy, um, things spider that plant. spider plants have a thin leaf, uh, anything that uh, has kind of a papery feel to it, uh, palms, that sort of stuff, um, they're incredibly prone to spider mite, like spider, and I'm not going to say prone. Uh, spider mite does enjoy thin leaf plants. And now uh, we live in a northern environment and all of our houses have heat vents directly underneath the windows. Uh, now, if you go to home hardware or any uh, home improvement store, you can buy a little plastic shield that goes over top of your vent and just deflects the air into the room. What happens is in the fall, uh, when all of our furnaces turn back on, because let's face it, it is freaking cold here. Mm -hmm. um, all that warm, dry air starts to circulate. You have a drop in humidity in your house. And little demons such as spider mite, which, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a bold statement here. Ooh. I'm going to say that every house with plants has at least one spider mite in it right now. Absolutely. Um, in a natural environment, spider mites stay small. They stay within control. They don't get out of control. Um, they will come in on your clothing, through window screens, on your produce that you bring home from the store. They're just, they're so microscopic. They can be anywhere. 
But when you have that sudden drop in humidity in your house, all of a sudden it's an environment where spider mites can flourish, which is why a lot of times on your local plant groups come September, October, all of a sudden you see all these posts coming up going, I have spider mites. What do I do? Yeah. And it's traumatic. That, that first run-in with spider mites for everybody is absolutely horrifically traumatic. And honestly, it's, it's part of living in a northern climate. You know, regardless of what, whether I think I have them or not, and it sounds like I have at least one, which I actually totally understand, I will go get the, um, the little spider mites that eat other spider mites. What is that called? Predatory mites? Yeah, the pre- yeah predatory mites. They're like my best friends. Yeah, they're awesome. And you know what? I'll, I'll be honest. My husband doesn't listen to this, so I can say this because um, he's got a thing about bugs. He really does. I actually release predatory mites in my house every fall. So do I. Yeah, at least once. I haven't before. And I luckily haven't had a problem, but I do try to keep like temperatures pretty even, I guess is a better way to say it. Um, I tr- try to have that transition for myself from summer to fall to winter quite smooth. <laughs> so I want that for my plants too. Um, and I haven't really had a problem, knock on wood, but um, yeah, let, ladies, when we order persilamites, then I would love to have some too. Absolutely. I had a, my first bad run in with spider mite. I had this beautiful jasmine, which is again, a great oh, beginner plant. Super, super prone. But it's still a great beginner plant. Mm-hmm. And I walked into my office at home one day and all of a sudden my plant was covered in spider webs and I just not noticed it before and that and I fought with it for a little bit and then I ended up actually throwing the plant out and uh, unfortunately they're on my do not admit list now because I I have trauma it's okay I, but I have trauma it's a learning curve though everybody's going to get them at least once absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely and Let's- you know what it's totally fine if you see a plant that you don't necessarily love 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 just chuck it Absolutely. Sorry, plants. But I know. And it's a, it's a hard thing for people to, to hear, especially when you're first getting into plants. You're like, yes, I love plants. I'm going to save them all. And my house is going to be a jungle. This is going to be amazing. A few years down the road, you'll get okay with it. You I don't have tell to be you, okay with it right now, though. A few of those Instagrammers with in-house jungles, I mean, they got to have a, a spider oh. bite or two. <laughs> and if they deny it, they're just not looking hard enough. <laughs> They're going to turn a plant one day or move them around and they're going to find they're going to find some nests of stuff. The other one that really gets people, and I think this gets a lot of new people, once you've had plants for a while, you're like, meh, fungus gnats. They look like fruit flies. Once again, a lot of people get them in the fall mm. and um, people really are concerned about them. They don't typically really hurt your plant. I guess maybe if you had like an over. If over the open. larvae run out of something to eat. Yeah, they'll then they'll eat. start munching on roots. But trust me, it takes a lot for them yeah. to run out of stuff to eat. They're annoying. You're watching TV and you see this little kind of black fruit flyish kind of thing flying by your eye. All of a sudden, you go on this crazy lady hunt. Yeah, you know, nobody <laughs> um, else can see what you're going it, for. It, you look like so a, common. Yeah. Not properly watering your plants. They love that. So the question then is, if you're a new plant person. And you are in the store or maybe you're purchasing a plant from somebody in your community uh, online, less so until you get the plant in in your possession. But how do you um, inspect a plant to see what kind of buggos it might have if it has any? 
Okay, so I walk into the grocery store. I see a plant there that I absolutely love. Let's call it a polka dot plant this time because they're fickle, but they're absolutely gorgeous. I walk over. First thing I do is I pick up the pot and I'll actually pick up several pots and look for the plant that is um, the fullest, the sturdiest. I don't want something that's soft or, or floppy. Survival of the fittest. Absolutely. And I will pick it up and I will flick the side of the pot a couple of times and see if any fungus gnats come out. And then the next thing I do is find some good light, which is, can sometimes be difficult in the grocery store. I have no idea why that's a thing. But you, if you Especially have to... Especially at certain times because they dim it so you buy more. So yeah. you're more comfortable. There's no nightclubs anymore, so you got to look good somewhere. E- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I find myself going over to, you know, somewhere that's properly lit, like the meat department. Yeah. And uh, flip the leaves upside down and look for um, dust, debris, little black specks, little bits of web along the side of the, the underside of the leaves. Because that can be a sign of... Uh, current infestation, previous infestation. The other thing that I have a look for, and that's typically at where the leaf meets the stem, is um, what's called honeydew. And there'll be uh, shiny, sticky bits. And that can be a sign of previous or current mealybug infection, uh, aphids, scale. scale, all of that sort of stuff. And again, also looking just for bugs. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of looking on the underside of the leaf and I always rub it to see if there's a texture because if it has like exoskeletons of aphids or any of that, it usually kind of feels crunchy dusty. <laughs> Is that a good word for it? I, I, that, well, that's a new term. Crunchy dusty. Crunchy dusty. And so, but- um, I, think, I think looking underneath, I also like to look for roots coming out of the pod. I don't know why, but to me, like that's like, yeah, this got roots. I like roots coming out of the pot. I'll always pick that one. That's fair. Yeah, I think it just shows that it's, you know, been around for a while and hopefully should be around a little while longer. So let's say you find a plant, you're pretty confident that it doesn't have any critters on it, although you can't always tell by eye. You bring that plant home. Uh, what is your, how does a new plant person quarantine that plant? And by the way, new plant people, quarantine your plants. Don't be like Chris. Be like Amanda and Sue who quarantined. <laughs> yeah, I used to just stick it in a room where I had no plants, but now I have plants mm-hmm. everywhere. So um, then I was sticking them downstairs. <laughs> now I have the penalty box. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a penalty box as well. Yeah, so ours are different. Mine is like a, it's a tray and a cheap little dome that came with it. I got at a hydroponic store. It's a fairly decent size. And... I put them in there and they go spend a few weeks in that. In a, I have a couple of them so that I can have room. But Amanda uses a clear rubber tote. Yeah, I'm not nearly as high tech as you. So Canadian Tire, that's their shameless plug for right now, um, sells a line of clear plastic totes. Oh, I think you mentioned this before. Absolutely. Yeah. They're fantastic. They're nice and bright and clear. And I take my plants and I set them in there. Make sure everybody's well watered. It's extra humidity. And they stay in there for a couple of three weeks, which is so hard to do when you're like, 
excited excited about a new plant you're like i just got this and it's going right here and it is so hard to properly quarantine without being like whatever it's fun i'm just gonna put it out the other thing i like to do is take a big ziploc bag and i put it over the plant and i zip up the sides a lot around the pot and this also helps for acclimating i i just start to undo it after a while and then i'll start to lift it after a while because you don't want to just one day be like well you were in there for three weeks pop because it got used to that little greenhouse environment that it had and so a lot of people are like i did this i did this what happened but it's because you just took that off and all of a sudden it was in regular air again so you want to do it kind of slow lift it you know some people take it off for like an hour and then put it back on and then next yeah, day a couple like, hours kind of like jumping from the hot tub into the snow yeah it's uh plants don't like the polar bear dive no neither do i no, me neither. Yeah, no, not very neither fun. Do I? I uh, and you know, for for climates that have a little more humidity, you could probably be a touch less cautious. But especially in the winter here, it is so incredibly dry and cold and cold. Drafty. Yeah, absolutely. That you know, making those changes is really important. And it is even dry here in the summer, a bit less so than winter. But it's not. We're not tropical <laughs> by any means. And that's so. the other thing that really gets new people is they read the information on the plant and then they're like in the winter, they're like, what's going on? Because a lot of times where we get our information, that's coming from like Florida, California, those types of areas. And our houses are so dry because our winters are so dry. We often, our plants are more thirsty in the winter than they are in the summer. And so I find that I'm watering my plants quite a bit more frequently in the winter because my house is eating up some of that moisture, is getting that, some of that humidity that they're creating. Absolutely. Now, you can actually get a humidifier attached to your furnace. I want one which so I am desperately bad. To do. Yeah. yeah. My husband keeps saying no, but like that's, that's one of those things where I'm like, if he comes home from work and it's already done, how mad can he actually be? <laughs> and, and that's the, why we have a lot of problems with hardwood up here. Well, and hardwood exactly. Floors. And the thing about it is, is it's sure it's good for plants, but it's actually good for people too to have that humidity yeah. as well. Yeah, I yeah, I think that's just going to be one of those things. He's going to come home one day and I'd be like, so there's this thing that grew on the side of the furnace. Whoops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't say anything. And then he'll be like, why am I not so stuffy? Why am I <laughs> having exactly. better sleep? Why am I sleeping so good? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then he'll be like, magic. Yeah, exactly. Magic humidifier. So that took us through beginner plants. We have a list of a few plants that we've suggested. Talking about considering where your plant goes when you put it in your home. How to, um, what size of plant to choose, how to quarantine your plants, trying to figure out what kind of waterer or plant care person you are. And you're probably not going to know that until you have your plants. I think one of the messages that we were talking about before was try not to overlove your plant because that could be a recipe for disaster. Just look at it, talk to it. <laughs> yeah. Don't overwater, overfeed, over, you know. But look at it every day. That is something we didn't talk about. And maybe we could cover that briefly is when it comes to fertilizing plants, what are the general rules behind that? I'd say March to September. Sure. October-ish, maybe even February. When we start having noticeably longer days, that's usually when I bring out the fertilizer. But I give them at a weaker strength than it calls for, but more regularly. I go time change to time change. Oh, that's, oh, that's smart. To too. Yeah. I do it never. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. 
And for some reason, that just suits you. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to not, I'm, I'm going to disagree with both of you. Yes. <laughs> Do it. Um, you're going to get a plant home and you are going to either overlove it or you're going to underlove it. It's going to argue with you. You're going to argue back. You might win. The plant might win. Either way. Never let it discourage you. It is definitely a learning curve and every one of us has killed something. Absolutely. So take it home. Try, learn. Try not to learn the same lesson <laughs> multiple times. Oh, you will. I, shh, they don't need to know I do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just go for it. Just try and bring plants home you in will. moderation. There'll be a plant. You'll be in love with the leaves, that pink polka dot plant. Oh, I know. You'll see it and you're like, yeah, you're coming home with me. And then it'll die and you'll be okay for, you know, three, four months. And then, and then there you'll get be, another one. Yeah. It'll be a pretty one. But this one maybe has more purple in it. Yeah. So you're like, I'm going to try you. And then pretty soon you will whisper to it, come home and die with me. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll keep trying. Or another avenue to take, which I think many of us have, is you buy a plant and you read about it and you learn about it. And then you see this plant and you read about it and you learn about it and then you buy it and then you see this plant and you read about it and learn about it. And then until one day you suddenly can go into a greenhouse and be like, yeah, that plant is this and it needs that. And this is over here. And I have one of those and one of those and one of those. It's such a great day <laughs> when that happens. I know. Oh, man. You know, but it isn't. I found like I was a little bit sad when we went to that giant greenhouse in Calgary um, because I felt like. There was not much for me there. Yeah, that does happen now. <laughs> and I, I yeah. was kind of sad about that. I was like, oh. And I do regret. I did have a watermelon, um, a string of watermelons in my hand. I believe that's what it was. And I had it in my cart. And I put it back because I just didn't love it. <laughs> now you have regret? I'm kind of like, oh. But, you know, I think I just want regrets because I, I see people say they want, like, the string of anything goes hot. Mm -hmm. And string of anything are also very easy to over water and kill um but i think because i see people looking for it i'm like oh i should have bought it i could have at least split it up mm -hmm. but i didn't i did put it back because i didn't love it that's a really good point it is easy now to go into i know i went to a greenhouse when i was in vernon and i could you, now what i find happens is once you really get into this for a long period of time is you're looking for those hidden gems now Absolutely. And I still, there is nothing better on a day than to wander through a greenhouse. Mm -hmm. I don't care if I don't come out with a single yeah. thing. It is just kind of sad because you, you're like, you know, you're, you're limited to what you get. But it is, we go through and like you said, the hidden gem. Greenhouses often get things like when they get shipments in that are mislabeled. Um, and that's an exciting day. Or like the day we found the Hoya in Edmonton. And I just about ran over the little old man. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because okay. some people don't know what they got. So, top three beginner plants. I'm going to go with African violets, peace lilies, and Chinese evergreen. Mm. Chinese evergreen is a really good one, too. Right? Okay. Chris? Well, of course, Sansevieria, snake plants, and pretty much any variety. Um, but if you're looking for a beautiful, tall statement plant... Definitely, like the Sayuri is a beautiful one. Um, there's a few other ones that are beautiful as well. I would also say Pothos. 
uh, nearly any variety. They And the more light that they have, generally, the more beautiful they become. And I would probably, I'm going to go with uh, the bamboo. Lucky bamboo. Yeah. I'm going to go with a cactus. Of course you are. Of course I am. I'm going to go with the Hoya Cornosa or Pubicalis. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with, you know, I'm going to say Sansevieria as well. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, the yellow, the old school mother-in-law <laughs> tongue that yep. you can get that has the yellow trim on it. It's still pretty. It's classic. <laughs> nice and easy, especially if you're one of those people that you just want to plant, but you don't really want to have to take care of it like as much. But I'm just going to tell you, never just one. Never just Never one. Never just one. And you can get bird's nest sense of your ears as well if you're looking for like a little something little you know, accent plant, I'm gonna call it. Yeah, like there's so many. There's so the many Scylla- of them. Cylindrica? Cylindrica ones are oh, Su- yeah, Sue's hand fun. talking over there yeah. and I'm trying to you place plant I forget that you can't see my hands. <laughs> I teach for a living and if I lost my arms I'd never be able to teach. So <laughs> I I don't actually know that you're capable of speech without your arms. Not really, no. Okay. No, <laughs> and especially when you are describing a cylindrica with your hands, <laughs> it's probably interesting. I, I'm just gonna, it was hilarious. I'm just gonna leave it there. I'm just but uh, Amanda got it right away. So what? <laughs> let's all list one plant that we would suggest not starting with. Fiddle leaf fig. Oh. Yeah. We all sigh. Main hair fern for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I'm gonna say any plant that is in a two inch pot or less. That's fair. I think that's very fair, yeah. Because, I mean, they look real cute and stuff, but they they take more maintenance than, than one would think. And also, then you have to wait for them to grow up. And, I mean, unless it's something you really, really want in your collection, maybe if you're starting out, it's not that's not the best place to start. I mean, like Amanda says, you're an adult now. You can do what you want, but I wouldn't. <laughs> that's <laughs> We're fair. just trying to save you a few bucks. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. But at the end of the day, you know what? You see a plant, you love it. Take it. Try it out. That's what Absolutely. I mean, that's what the internet is for. And if you want to talk to us about your new plant, we can definitely take your questions, send us your pictures and your stories. What new plant did you get? What, yeah, let's why do you listeners? Plant aficionados. What? Aficionados? Plant aficionados. <laughs> or, you know, burgeoning ones who are just new, whether you have been doing this for one minute or thirteen years or your whole entire life. Um, maybe you still have some new discoveries that you are making. So why don't you tell us about that or ask us some questions or just, you know, chat with us. We, uh, we definitely want to hear from you. We are online. Imagine that Facebook on this day and age. When did that happen? Right. What? What? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash fancy plants podcast. Of course, Instagram. You bet. At fancy plants podcast. Yeah. And if you're shy or you have like, I don't know, a lot of pictures to send us, you can email us social at fancyplantspodcast.com. I'm getting a lot better at saying fancy plants podcast over and over again. I'm terrible. <laughs> I just sit here quiet because I know I can't say it. <laughs> um, and that's it for, for the beginner plants topic. But next time we're going to be delving deep into Amanda's brain and talking about it's a scary place. It, 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 it is a scary place. It's scary, Trust it, me. It's I'm fascinating. It's fascinating. We're going to be talking about soils and growing mediums. And I personally am really excited about this because just to give you a little preview, I just get a whole bunch of stuff, stuff it in a bin and hope for the best. So yeah, <laughs> 
Sort of. You guys I'm kind of in between the two of you. You guys are just going to have to yell at me if I start talking in a different language, okay? We will do that. Perfect. Yeah. We will do yeah, that. Yeah, listeners, I promise we will let make Amanda keep it as layman terms as possible. <laughs> but not lame. Layman, <laughs> but not lame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in again for episode five of Fancy Plants Podcast. We will look forward to chatting with you about plants next time. See you next week. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Come on, sugar mama. Get your green on. I love a green Fancy plans, oh yeah.